Welcome to Dear Warren Podcast. This is where we do backseat parenting. We share stories, principles, parables, and lessons and pass them down to my son Warren. But most importantly of all, we try to have fun. And you can reach us at Dear Warren Podcast at Gmail, Instagram, and Facebook. Stay tuned this weekend for our featured guest. It will be Jess. She's the self-proclaimed queen of Christmas, so we figured the timing would be perfect for everyone, so we look forward to that one. This episode features our third installment of Warren Games, War Games. This midweek podcast, uh, we have Jessica playing the Nintendo Switch game Zelda Breath of the Wild. We go over her strategies or lack thereof when playing the game, some history behind Zelda, uh, gender controversies in gaming, and much more. So please sit back and enjoy War Games number three. This is the Dear Warren Podcast. And welcome to War Games. And we're actually changing the game. Um, Jessica is playing. Say hello, Jess. Hello, Jess. And what game are we playing now? We are playing The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. On the Nintendo Switch. Well, actually, yeah, Zelda has always been proprietary for uh, Nintendo. So go ahead and start it up. Okay. And why don't you uh, give a little quick rundown of a synopsis of what you think the game is. As in storyline or as in gameplay? Everything. Just like a, a brief synopsis for anyone who's never, for some reason, never heard of the okay. game at all. So, uh, Zelda is a princess. Oh, no. The, the the game. Like, what do you do? Oh, what do I do? What um, kind of game? Is it, is it platformer? Is it, is it, do you shoot people? Do you... So, you are um, a little hero named Link, and you have ranged weapons and combat reference, and it's an open world. Reference? Re- re- reference. I've been talking a lot this afternoon. I apologize. Oh. Uh, and you basically, in this game specifically, have... An entire world to explore and there is obviously so it's an adventure game it is an adventure game and, and there's a path to the end of the game to beat the big monster at the end mm. uh, but what i think zelda did really good this time or really well is they appealed to quite a few different uh play types so whereas eki likes to sort of hack and slash and um kill bad guys and combat and combat and strategic combat strategic one on one on one it's a, it's like a third person point of view you can see your character move around as opposed to a first person uh per- first person view and you can do uh, uh it's a lot of sword fighting you can use a shield you can use arrows from ranged as as you said so that's the part i enjoy and you enjoy i enjoy exploring so the world is quite vast and you can explore and you can uncover different little puzzles and shrines where if you beat these sort of i don't know mini little dungeon puzzle games you can then get extra hearts which obviously helps you beat the part of the game that you enjoy mm-hmm. and uh so i enjoy the not combat parts of it although you enjoy the exploration i do and what uh just is doing right now is that uh the, early in the game they give you like a, a hand glider so you can jump off of like mountains and treetops or high places and float and you can cover a lot of of the map so it really encourages you to take risks and 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 jump uh off of places you wouldn't normally uh, jump off of if you didn't have this type of mechanism i think it also allows you to sort of see things from different angles obviously when you're up higher you can see some of the shrines in the distance and know you know oh i have to go there next or and the other the other big thing too is that pretty much i would say like 90 percent of everything around you you can climb yes which is another huge uh way to make the world seem even bigger than it actually is 
and uh, Jess is <laughs> she's not talking right now because she's in the middle of combat. Um, and the way they space it out is that instead of just like a bunch of random encounters, you can kind of see ahead of you as you're exploring the world, like a camp. Oh, and in the camp uh, is uh, I'm not doing a very set well. of monsters. And Jess is going one on six right now. And uh, usually uh, the, the strategy is to kind of, instead of barging straight in, which Jess kind of did, and she's doing all right, um, is to kind of like plan like, okay, I can take this uh, monster out first who alerts everybody. And then after that person, oh, look, there's an explosive barrel. I can shoot that one and it'll take out the next two to kind of like even the odds to like, all right, now I can fight one on two as opposed to what Jess is doing right now, one on six. But that's... Uh, as I said, that's that's my forte in Zelda. <laughs> I enjoy that part, and uh, Jess just happened upon it, and she's like, "Ooh, I think I found something." Oh no, I didn't find something. I they found me. Strategic gameplay is not my forte. I don't do very well with the ooh spatial awareness of if I get this guy here and use this special feature on this guy, I can go undetected. I'm kind of like, a, oh my god, I accidentally you know aggro to mob and. I don't know how to uh, fight. Explain so. the term aggro to mob to so, non-gamers. So aggroing a mob is, I wouldn't even say it's the video game. It's the World of Warcraft way of saying, I guess, aggro is for aggression, right? So I made the monster a mob being a, a group of monsters. I made them angry at me. Therefore, I've now aggroed a mob, <laughs> meaning I've made monsters aggressive towards me. Mm. And now so they come attack you. They come attack you. So it, usually what happens in this game is that monsters aren't actively walking around hunting you. They're just like sitting around. And you can, if you walk slow enough or you're quiet enough, you can walk by them and you don't actually have to engage. But if you do something like Jess did and she just pl pretty much plopped right into the middle of all of them, they all go, hey, what, the, what are you doing here? And they all attack. You know, so they were just having dinner with their they friends. They actually were having dinner. They were sitting around a campfire. Some of them were dancing. And uh, I totally was like, hey, everyone. <laughs> so sorry, guys. It's kind of like that scene, and I don't know if you, you remember it, but I think it was in Star Wars Episode 2, Clone Wars, and Obi-Wan uh, jumps down from uh, like a, a high place and right into the middle where General Grievous is with a bunch of the battle droids, and he goes, well, hello there. And then like there's 50 droids, and General Grievous, they all like turn around like, what? like one Jedi. Like, really? You jumped <laughs> into all of us? So... Speaking of Star Wars, we did, we, did, we did see Star Wars a little while ago. We did. I mean, no spoilers. I'm sure quite a few people haven't seen it. Um, oh, I enjoyed we could, we could it. Put, we could put spoiler alerts. Yeah. Well, it's still right. too early. It I want to do that. We wouldn't want people to do that to us. I mean, thinking about spoilers, I think now with the advent of social media, hmm. spoilers are just now part of the world that we live in. And it's funny, especially with all the, the Netflix shows that are mm -hmm. you binge watch, where you literally have to watch it probably within the week that it comes out. Otherwise... It will be spoiled for you, even if you really don't want it to be. Well, how does it get spoiled with you? I mean, it'll get spoiled uh, for you if you're always constantly on Twitter or, or any other, as you said, social media, like always checking. Yeah, you're bound to run into something. Versus me where like as soon as I saw something that resembled like a lightsaber or an X-Wing, I just chucked my phone across the room. <laughs> you did good. You did good the I, first I, time around. I, I uh, stayed spoiler free the entire time and for this one as well, too. So. But I think it gets increasingly more difficult, especially if it's not as important to certain folks. Mm. I find that if they're not TV people or they don't really care or they're not overwhelmingly invested. When you just don't hang around them. They just run their mouth on social mm -hmm. media and the whole thing is ruined. You, that's when you unfollow them. That's when you put, use, what is it, that angry icon on them? Like, really, what the fuck? 
Are you really doing this? Come on. Right. I mean, but there's also no, there's no social norm police on, on social media, obviously, where just people kind of just are like, what? I don't care. I could. I think people do that. They go into forums, like, uh, like different subreddits, um, uh, especially for, for Star Wars. And they just start like a normal conversation as if like, let's say they're in the pro wrestling subreddit. They'll mm-hmm. start, they'll start responding to like a question about this wrestler or something like that. And then all of a sudden in the middle, just go into, oh, by the way, in Star Wars, bah, 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 bah. Oh, oh, that's yeah. the worst. Yep. yep. It's like the guy who, who drove around the night, the last book of Harry Potter <laughs> came <That> out <laughs> screaming, Snape kills Dumbledore. Hey, what's up? Snape kills Dumbledore. And then you see the kid go, oh. I mean, that's so mean. <coughs> that takes it to oh, man. a whole oh, different level. That, well, at least he like drove right up and yelled it right in their face. As opposed to like, oh, this is innocent. And, and like you're reading a post and all of a sudden it, it's just like right there, right in the middle of it. I mean, they're both, they both suck. But one of them is like an, an extra level of like uh, creative trolling. If you, if you, if you want to describe it that way. Have you ever heard about, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's where I think Brian's wife got fired from Cracker Barrel. No. So there was a, I don't know if it's called a meme when it's on social media, but basically uh, there was a, a thread that a comment thread on a Cracker Barrel post. Now this is going back. I'm sure we can Google it. It's going back a little bit where apparently I'm going to say Joanne. It's not, there's someone's wife was fired from Cracker Barrel. And it was like a big thing where the internet kind of like championed behind, I guess, the husband mm-hmm. or friend who was posting. And mm-hmm. I probably got all the, the little details wrong there. But and now they will just comment on things. What, you know, don't forget that Brian's wife got fired from Cracker Barrel on October. And it just it comes up all the time now. I mean, if you hear the story and mm. you'll start to see it, you'll start to see it everywhere and you'll get a good chuckle out of it. You, you survived, hon. I you, did. You, you, you took them all out. One on one on six. Unnecessarily so. I did. I, I wasted quite a bit of. Uh, ooh, I wasted quite a bit of. Was this the Korok, ooh, Korok challenge? No. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Go. You have, you have to get. No. You can't shoot it. You have to actually go through it. You have to like glide to it and run. Is there through a the time limit? Yes. How do, how do I get there? Glide and climb. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. So there's little challenges that happen. There's a as as we said, this is it's a huge open world. And in Zelda, one of the other things that. Um, happen is there's little uh, um, NPC characters called Koroks and what they do is that they give you little challenges like oh did you make it yeah yes you made it like as, uh, you can start a mini race and you have to get to a uh, destination um, before the timer runs out and if you do you get a Korok seed and there's other things like oh here's a formation of weird rocks and and, and like okay I'm going to complete this formation of weird rocks oh I get a Korok seed mm. Um, they can be used to expand in, in this game. They be, they're used to expand your inventory spaces. So normally you start out, you can only carry like three swords or three shields. And then if you want to carry more than three, you spend Korok seeds in order to expand that inventory. The other, uh, mechanic that's big in this game is, uh, they actually introduce weapon durability. So every single weapon can break. Every single shield can break. Every single bow can break after uh, a bunch of usage. So it's a little annoying at first, if, especially if you're used to the older Zeldas where, um, uh, oh, look at this. You zoomed in. So this is, uh, Zelda, uh, uh, Jess is also playing uh, this game where in game time it's at night. And uh, she has now zoomed in on uh, mobs ahead of time, monsters ahead of time, like a, like um, to, to avoid <laughs> what she did last time of just diving right in. And... Uh, what, what do you see there, hon? So this poor little guy is passed out on his back, belly up, snoozing, little uh, 
little sleep bubbles or <laughs> spit bubbles are rising up and he uh he has a little plant near him that i want and uh his little weapon is on his side so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna drop a bomb on his head and blow him up well what type of moblin is it because yeah see one bomb is not gonna work Aww. i mean you can keep throwing bombs we'll be here for a while in any case um a little history behind the the zelda game this is not your first zelda game right you've played like a few before i have i mean admittedly i've not done very well mm-hmm. in terms of i've not been a completionist historically in adventure games oh, very I, nice jump attack there thank you i'm not particularly great at them and i also sometimes get stuck and then i get frustrated and you, get, I, you got flustered. I, yeah. And when I used to play, I mean, the first ge- Zelda game I played was, I guess, Link to the Past on Super Nintendo. Oh, that was an amazing one. Uh, and at that time, there was no internet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's um, very, yes, yes. There was only like strategy guides that you had to go to bookstores. To get. Right. And even then they weren't <clears throat> holistically complete. And mm-hmm. there was, I mean, didn't you say you used to like call in to get video game tips? No. What am I remembering? Where you get the call? Someone else, someone else probably probably did, but there were like, <coughs> excuse me, the Nintendo hotline or other uh, video game system hotlines where you can call and get like, you know, hints from quote the game experts. Yeah. That was back in the day though. And I, and I would get frustrated and there would be no place to turn to. So, I mean, this is an interesting topic in terms of, I was the only person I knew uh, specifically female that played video games. None really? of my friends played video games growing up, so it's not like I Why had... Why do you think that is? This is actually an, an, an interesting topic to get into then, because then we can start talking... Uh, it, it ties in a bit into like uh, the previous podcast that we had with Erica, who um, I, I highly recommend everyone listen to that podcast. It's a, it's a good one on uh, her path. She's a, a, a lawyer. She's a prosecutor, I believe, for mm-hmm. the Special Victims Unit uh, in Newark, I believe. Um, if, if I'm off at the town, I, I apologize, but there's a lot where her main passion and the drive behind everything was about women's rights. Mm-hmm. And she always found things of like cultural, uh, what is it? Indoctrination. Is that the word or cultural doctrination? I forgot I which say, one. Yep. Um, that where it's, it's different for, for women and girls growing up as opposed to everything else. So this could be one thing, as you just said, growing up, probably I would say in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that I had received my first video game when I was around eight. I had gotten a Game Boy Color, and I, it was came with Pokemon Blue, I guess is what I asked for. <laughs> uh, and I mean, in through high school, I even college, I honestly, none of my friends play video games. I never had a video game conversation, I would say, with a female at all, ever. I mean, really? Really. I mean, I can't name someone, even now as an adult, who I could say, hey... Breath of the Wild, let's talk. I mean, you'll, okay, so that's almost all true. Your sister was the only person I knew mm-hmm. who ever played a video game, and that was when we were playing World of Warcraft. And I don't know if it's on purpose or it was just something that they didn't think was cool or something their parents never fostered. I think when you talk about my me growing up and my interests, they were very much video game and computer focused. I, mm-hmm. I like to mess around with computers quite a bit, and that's why I went to a school that was sort of a technology school. Um, and, and that sort of helped foster bits and pieces of that. And I don't necessarily know that it was a decision that was made. I don't necessarily remember necessarily getting flack for liking video games either. It just wasn't a thing. I don't know if people played sports or they just had other interests, but, or maybe it was the cost. I have no idea. I think it was an overall, like, uh, for anyone who played video games, girls or boys, 
um, or, or men or women, male or female or whomever, during that time, I would say like early 90s or late 80s, that when, when video games be, first started hitting like the consumer market where it was like, okay, here's the Nintendo console or the Sega console. It was always seen as a nerd activity. Mm-hmm. It was always seen as a geek activity. It was <clears throat> regardless of uh, uh, gender. It was always seen as an outcast kind of uh, activity. It was just as bad as like, um, what is it? Playing Dungeons and Dragons and rolling a dice and sitting in a basement with friends and mm. quote playing pretend that way. <clears throat> and I just remember because um, of, of, you know, my childhood growing up. I mean, I love video games, but it was it, I could only talk to it with other uh people in this case uh my my friends who were uh boys you know back in like third grade or whatever who were uh loved video games just as much as i did or 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 had one or two and they wanted to talk about it with me to you know so we could like oh how'd you get past this person oh how'd you do this but other than that yeah it was always seen especially then as you like grew up it's and I think it, it is still a bit of a moniker of like, you know, oh, video game, quote, nerd. You know, mm-hmm. there's never a video game jock. You know, you, don't, you never really hear that term too much. So you you put all of that together and it's kind of like there's already so few people playing video games. And then at the same time, there you go. It's like even less girls or, or less women who would who would want to, to, to play it as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there were, there's not really, like, a support network for that type of thing. Back then, there were no, like, video game clubs. I don't know if in mm. your school there were. There were no nope. internet, so you couldn't find people who sh- shared the same interest as you. And I was kind of an anomaly in the respect that I was, you know, through martial arts, I guess, by some respects, an athlete who also was a nerd. Mm. <laughs> so I think part of that, you know, it just makes a weird dichotomy. I think if you try to put me in a box in, in that age, it was... It's an interesting box to be put in, I suppose. To be fair, though, it, it is good, though, that there is always uh, kind of like uh, a, a stressing towards going for physical activity. Like as much as I love video games, as much as we're playing right mm-hmm. now, as much as we're doing on the podcast with uh, uh, war games, is that if we, we talk to Warren, um, the, the reason why we have, you know, war games is video games is a fun part of, of, of um, our lives. And it could be enjoyed, and we can get deep um, uh, in discussion, in depth with it, as far as the actual game or the history of how we uh, approach gaming or how uh, gaming affected us or how we enjoyed it. But I think one of the things that you you said there that I think is important to realize is that physical activity is oh, still yeah. a part oh, yeah. of a healthy Absolutely. childhood. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of questions, and I know we've even had arguments between ourselves that I maybe find more value in gaming than you might in terms of I found it almost educational. Mm-hmm. And I think we disagreed slightly about, you know, the educational value of video games. It, it wasn't that. I, I don't doubt that edu- uh, that there's a, a, you can learn many things from video games as well, too, especially with hand-eye coordination, especially with... Uh, um, problem solving. I think it was just on a on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. I know for myself that um, whenever I play video games and, and there is the aspect of like problem solving or a game like this with Zelda where there's a like a completionist aspect of it, I can't uh, uh, 
I guess the word is control myself. Mm. I can't discipline myself to be like, all right, I'm only going to play for 20 minutes and that's it. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up the video game the next thing I know, two hours later, like, oh shit, where did all the time go? That's it. And that's just me. That's just mm-hmm. my personality. If you're the type of person that can get, like you can, <clears throat> where, remember when we first started playing video games or even watching TV, after like an hour, you'd be like, yeah, I got to stop. I, uh, I'm getting a headache or mm-hmm. I, I can't take much more. I'm like, really? Really, and, and we were playing co-op games. So like, I'm, I'm like, come on, keep playing uh, with me, you know. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I, and you would say, uh, you don't have the longevity that right. I do yep. with, with with certain games. And that's where I recognize that of like, all right, I do have video game longevity, but at what cost? And that's physical cost. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I I agree. I think that's probably where we disagree because I can't actually I can't play video games for as long as you can. As, as much as I would like to, as much as I would try, because I do get headaches from, uh, you know, staring at the screen so long. But, I, you know, I think it's a combination. I do think fostering of technology, granted, when we were growing up, was a choice that you had to make. You had to make a mm-hmm. conscious choice that you were going to either expose your child to technology or have them have a computer, which was a big deal back then because they're prohibitively expensive. I mean, I remember my first laptop, even in college, was like a $1,700 HP. Oh, I remember that one. POS. Like, it was that just... That was the one that overheated, right? Oh, yeah. It remember was Remember, we not... tried to figure out all the ways to, like, control the fan. We even got, like, an extra, uh, uh, like, it looked like a cutting board. Like a, like a... Yes. But it had fans in it. And you would put the... And you would put that laptop on top of that board mm-hmm. in order to try and, like, keep it cool. But then, like, you, you called up customer service for Dell and they're like, yeah, we're this model we're not making anymore due to the fact that it just overheat. Right. I don't think I even got a replacement. I mean, back then was when you mean that they, they, they did that. They overheated. I mean, the idea, I'm, you know, I have my Chromebook that that would even overheat. It doesn't even get, you know, warm to the touch. Technology has come so far. Well, 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 wait to your well, left. Can't you bomb left, that to my left? All my that. Left. Can I bomb that? Maybe? Hells yeah. You can bomb that. Look at this. Boom. Yay. And, and then I have more. to rebomb it or is that Flint? Uh, those are big ass pieces of flint. So you, I gotta re-bomb <laughs> you it. have to rebomb it. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's another trope of Zelda. Like there's uh, rocky terrain and mountainous terrain. And then they make it pretty obvious. Like, uh, some of these, uh, mountain walls are fragile or can be busted open with, uh, bombs and furthering the exploration aspect. Now question. So there's something in Zelda where they call it a blood moon where it's every, mm. How many days? I don't know. I, I think it's random, but it's like every three to five days or something. And that's when, uh, uh, go ahead. You can explain And it that. resets a everything. Lot of everything. All I the monsters it... that you beat, all the, all the guardians or all the shrine, you know, like those minor or major tests of strength, like mm-hmm. all those guys regenerate as well too. So I wonder if things like this regenerate where? I believe so. I believe so. So and yeah, just basically everything regenerates, including uh, uh, if you if you've bombed something and or like picked plants or. You Do know. you think that's just their way of keeping? And someone can correct me if you know if I'm wrong there. Is that their way of just keeping the world kind of full of yes. inventory, especially because all the items are consumable? Yes. Hmm. And you're doing pretty well here, just exploring, just breaking things, just running around. And it's easy to get, like, like I wouldn't even say get lost. It's well, just... There are other things to do outside of the main mm-hmm. combat quest. So where you were obviously bent on getting the game beat, I'm mm-hmm. kind of not about that. 
what are you doing right now? Oh, I'm well, just you're just, you're just dilly-dallying around. And, and you can move at your own pace. Oh, look at this. Yeah, there, there was no way you could have known. Look at that. They're camouflaged, too. They're all green behind the, behind the grass. Oh, what a cheap move. He sticks his tongue out at you, literally. I think these are called Lizalfos or something like that. Like liz little, yeah, there you go. Little lizard-looking things, and they have an attack pattern, and they jump around, and they shoot their tongue out at you. Lizalfos. Yep, you're right. In any case, going back to that, what do you think as far as... They, they do talk ab uh, about that topic, and I think it used to be that way, but, it, but these days, especially in the, within the past like 10, 15 years, I think they've done major strides as, as far as like they used to say that, oh, the, the games were made just for like boys mm -hmm. or, or, or men. Yeah, and, and I think that's it maybe at the time true. that was true, but I think very quickly... They understood that obviously women account for 50% of the population, <laughs> mm -hmm. that you can't deny that it's a, a worthwhile investment to monetize that group. How would you define a game that's made for, for boys? Made for boys. Mm. I mean, I would argue there's no such thing, right? If you're going to go mm -hmm. against gender stereotypes, I would argue that there's no such thing as a game made for boys. However, one could argue you've made a game that's not particularly interesting to women which i think might be a valid approach. or or objectifies or degrades women but even then yeah i would probably say the first one that i can think of that potentially might be seen as a game for boys would be tomb raider although i thought tomb raider as a kid mm -hmm. was badass like i liked her and i wanted to play tomb raider because i wanted to be her not necessarily anything else and i think that was just due to the what was that it was like on playstation or or whatever and that was just due to the graphics of like okay we've the character that you're playing just happens to have like you know dispro uh, disproportion yes she was very busty yeah but at the same time it, you could tell that it's a video game character you mm -hmm. know it was all pixelated it was all like a blocky head you know right blocky and, chest and you could uh you like fought bears and wolves and and did dungeons. It wasn't anything, you know, particularly sexist in terms of it wasn't a uh -huh. um, GTA, a Grand oh, Theft well, Auto where you're yeah. beating up. Great, you could beat up anybody, but you're yeah. picking up prostitutes and beating mm -hmm. up women. It's not that particularly. And it's more sort of one could argue it's from like an empowerment perspective versus mm -hmm. an objectification perspective. But I think once once they realized that women had buying power in the market and could want to buy video games, I think that SimCity and The Sims are probably the first games that I can think I, of. I, I think that, like, they've always known that women had, quote, buying power. In that market, though? Then why had they never yeah. developed for them previously? It, it, no, 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 no. It wasn't that they developed for them. It's just that in, in the beginning... Uh, part especially in the 80s they just didn't develop good games overall like try playing an, an, an 80s nintendo game compared to what you have available uh, today you know mm -hmm. uh remember that uh that video game channel that we saw angry video game nerd where mm -hmm. he reviewed all those games and showed like why they all sucked and why like you know the hit detection was bad or oh um i died once and all of a sudden i got to start all over mm -hmm. from you know like games were just not made to be they're not like today they're not quote they haven't found like the sweet spot as far as like the fun factor or like a game like this with uh, uh zelda's a perfect example it has deep combat it has a deep exploration aspect it has a deep 
you know, uh, completionist aspect to it versus uh, if you tried playing games um, back, back in the day, regardless of who you were, like you, you just didn't want to play them because there are games that sucked, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually as they figured out like through more and more people buying games and like, okay, this is what they, this is what they enjoy. Oh, here's what they enjoy. Uh, and you can even talk about games like a Tetris where all of a sudden, holy shit, everyone's playing Tetris. All right. And then you evolve from there to quote games like a Farmville or a Candy Crush, you know? And I think I want to clarify by what I mean as in buying power. Now, women always have mm-hmm. the money to buy the games. That's what I meant. What I mean is that they had enough weight now in the market to make video gamers want to develop for them. That's kind of what I meant. So what would you, and this is a loaded question, what would you, remember the first question is like, all right, what's a game that's designed for men? Mm-hmm. How about what's a game that's designed for women then? Are you, are you, I told you SimCity, yeah. The Sims. The Sims is designed for women, I would argue. Is if it really want, designed for women? It's or is designed it, or for is it, people. Or is it designed for people who enjoy city simulators? And, and that uh, and particular... playing house? What's that? And playing house for The Sims? Um, are we talking about SimCity or are we talking about The Sims? I meant, I meant The Sims <laughs> franchise, but oh, okay. let's say The Sims for... I could see that uh, 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 a little more. Yeah. But I'm not sure... It, or is it just designed for that type of like you know demographic of of people who want to quote play someone else as an avatar and you can expand that to like world of warcraft you can expand that to uh all the other type of mmorpgs in this case sims is an avatar game without the rpg aspect you know what i mean right i mean truth be told anybody could like anything right i think it's i think it's a matter of they've figured out uh the uh, programming and technology to you know enhance the graphics more so it doesn't look like shit gameplay where it's like all right you move the joystick and everything feels much more fluid um and as you were talking about games such as like civilization i I remember i I forgot which one of our friends but she was big into civilization She, she said i loved uh uh civilization and 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 she would play it for hours and hours and that one is you know it's 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 a different type of game it's a real-time strategy as opposed to like this as you, as you move around and you swing a sword this one is like all right you plan your moves ahead you have to build your army and then they you know you, you send them mm-hmm. your fleets over to destroy the 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 the, the enemy in, in in that fashion you know mm-hmm. so i don't know i would i would argue uh with, with the point that yeah i I don't. I don't think it was the games. Maybe it was just the really bad uh, culture around the games. Mm. Maybe that. Maybe that's one way uh, to put it. As you can see here, folks, I have. I, this is the first time we're trying to like talk about it. So, mm-hmm. and these are the type of con- con- uh, conversations I like to have, where we don't have a solution or we don't have an answer yet, but we're trying to work it out. You know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Was it the culture on video games? I kind of removed myself from that. I think also not having the internet and things helped with just not seeing or not really knowing a lot about who makes video games or yeah. who, who goes to video game tournaments or, or comic cons and things. I mean, it means still to this day, if you go, I mean, the gender is disproportionately, you know, weighted towards the men, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just sort of an interest. If you went to a knitting convention or a group, then you would see that potentially that there, there are more it women. It depends on the are. interests. Correct. It depends on if they're actually, and I would also say that the barrier of entry is 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 wide open for anyone uh, to be playing games. 
well, regard, and, and that, that's the big thing as, as well, too. When you have like a, a game like an Overwatch, which is like a Counter-Strike, which is like a, a tournament, like five on five, shoot first person shooter, like team against team or Team Fortress 2, <coughs> where you actually have uh, um, uh, esports gaming teams of women, mm-hmm. you know, versus well, especially in other countries like mm-hmm. the, you know, the Asian countries as well. Uh, it's huge there. And in that case, it, it's kind of like, here's the thing of, of another aspect that I just enjoy about video games is um, I remember when I played Halo uh, 2 for Xbox. Mm-hmm. And uh, that one you could play online when, well, the first time on Xbox Live, right? Mm-hmm. And you could wear a headset and you can talk to your team. And not only that, if you got close enough to like your the enemies, you can hear them talking too. Mm. And I remember getting destroyed... I think I was in college at the time, but I was getting destroyed by like a nine-year-old. You can <laughs> definitely tell, you know? I don't know if it, it, it was another time. It was probably like a 10-year-old girl who was just like oh, sniping yeah. me, just yelling and cackling at me, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it, it's, it's depending on the type of game, it's like the ultimate equalizer. Regard, it, it doesn't care how big you are physically. It mm-hmm. doesn't care how old you are. It doesn't care where you come from. It matters. It, 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 it's more so of the meritocracy of can you perform? Can you snipe? Can you you know dodge dodge around? Can, do you know how to wield this weapon? Do you know the you know the strategy on this map in order to kill the other? Because I was by the end of the game, I was like you know two kills, thirty something deaths, mm. <laughs> you know, and I'm like I, I I and obviously I had to play more and learn more in order to get better at the game, but there were a bunch of kids, there were a bunch of uh, people from other countries uh, laughing at me, yeah. heckling me in in their language, you know? So that's a big thing about games that, in that aspect, that I enjoyed as far as like, kind of like a uh, an equalizer mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I mean, I tended to play games, and granted, I think it was because I was a little bit too young for the Xbox Live. I mean, the first co-op type with any audio component that I had played was World of Warcraft in my mm-hmm. early 20s. I mean, I generally liked the games where I was kind of all by myself. The, the, the Harvest Moons, the Pokemons, like the very cute and cuddly type games. So uh, I never really had to deal too, too much with that piece of it. But I mean, I think that goes for anything where you're masked in a way where you don't actually have to interact with people mm-hmm. in a physical way. It does allow you to the freedom to have your skill in this case video game skill represent you versus yes anything else sort of like a blind date or interview if you will and you are what are you doing right now i have now? no idea so there's you're, you're you're in the the water and you're using a special ability that you have called what is it cryonesis cryonis yeah what do you call it cryonis i think cryonis. <laughs> which if you're around any body of water in zelda you can use this ability to choose uh, like a square uh, surface, and when you activate the power, it actually creates like an ice column block that you can then climb and um, grab onto. And so Jess is making a bunch of, uh, since she can't swim that far because there's a stamina uh, component to the game, she just makes a bunch of ice blocks and jumps from one to the other to the other. So, so so here's what there is, is that there's a raft and they, they put a leaf by it, which means they want you to stand on the raft and blow the raft. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to blow it to, though. 
And that's what I can't figure out. I don't want to go and do it because it's kind of a pain in the neck if it's not anything good. Are you going fishing? Oh, you are. So Jess has a, um, in, 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 unfortunately you don't have a fishing rod. You can jump into the water. And I love to and, fish uh, in games. Yeah. I love to fish. You can jump into the water and then like, if you get close enough to the fish, you can, you can hit a button and like mash it to try and like grab the fish. And that's quote fishing in the game. But Jess has her own method, which I use extensively now as well too. What is your method of fishing that you can do in Zelda? You throw a bomb near the fish and you blow them up. <laughs> And they float up to the top. Yeah, dead. it's very, uh, very unique. It's very effective. A very unique uh, way about it. Top notch. Top I think secret. I've seen a YouTube video years ago where it shows like um, a bunch of fishermen and they threw dynamite into water and they've and 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 they've actually quote gone fishing that way. Like the shock wave from a, a dynamite blast either stuns the fish or basically kills them or knocks them out. That seems cruel and and cool at the same time uh <laughs> it's the real life version of what you do hun yeah that guy just appeared so i i just did a 360 around this river and then now there's a hot air oh, balloon he's the uh the the monster trader well i don't even know what that is all right so now you can now you know why you have to use that raft so can you i just go, to go over there island. you can go over way? there however you want to go over there okay, just go over the... there just swim over there yeah i'm pretty sure you have enough endurance but uh, there's, at nighttime, there's this, uh, after you do like a side quest, you unlock a monster trader. Uh, basically, after a lot of the monsters that you kill, they drop like their parts. Like, oh, they drop their horns or they drop their, you know, bones or, mm. or their guts or something. Here's where you can actually cash in. I'm, I'm not sure if it's actual like uh, rubies or if it's for another uh, Kilton. This guy's mm. name is Kilton. You can look him up. This is the first time I've ever seen him. Yeah. I've only gone to him once because I remember like what he had to sell. It's kind of like, eh, it's I, I'd rather like save the monster parts for like armor upgrades, which mm. which you can do in, in, in Zelda. But <laughs> and I think also too, I love monsters. <laughs> I love <laughs> mon do. How much do you love monsters? I love them. I the did the dialogue really in this monsters. game is kind of funny too. Mm -hmm. What were you saying? I completely lost my train of thought. Nice. Because um, you are mashing through the text right now to get uh, to the point of this guy in the shop to sell your monster parts. He's asking me where he should put his shop. I don't know, dude. Where well, should you put your shop? Not my problem. Well, choose choose a town. Oh, I can choose the town. It, you might be able to. I don't know. And that way, you that way you can like let's say you keep on uh, getting monster parts. You can go. Oh, mm, did, you, did you choose a town? He didn't ask me. He said either Rito Village he said, or... He gave me four options. He said, I'll see you... In one of those, I ...in guess. a town at night. Mm. Like, well, that's... Well, I guess you'll have to find him later. Overwhelmingly nonspecific. Yeah, we'll just have to find him later. Okay. But with, um... I think the topic that we were getting off of was... All right, video game, meritocracy. Um, 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 got a bit off the, you know, the, the, the gender talk as well, too. And... Onto something lighter, which is the holidays coming oh, up. I'm so excited. Uh, we we had to clear away. How many tins did you buy? 26. 26 little Christmas tins for? $26. Oh, cookies. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were asking how much I spent on the 26 tins. They're from the Dollar, the Dollar Tree. Store? Dollar, Dollar Tree. Tree. So I need to... So a tradition in my family is that my grandmother, who since passed away... 
would make Christmas cookies every year. And when I say she would make Christmas cookies, I mean she would make wow. Christmas cookies. Eight different recipes, three different, my, my grandmother made hundreds, if not probably a thousand cookies every every year and gave them away to pretty much everyone under the sun. I've pared that down quite a bit, but uh, however, I'm doing five different cookies, two batches per cookie, mm. so 10 batches, well, 10 mm. doughs for cookies. And so I plan to put cookies in tins and give them as gifts because everyone likes food. This uh, Let's rephrase that. Mm. Everyone likes cookies. Everyone likes cookies. <laughs> I just like this all is, food. <laughs> this is the one time of the year where where I'll actually have cookies. All other all other points of the year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'll try to avoid cookies. Got to avoid the sweets. The sweets, there. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. So our podcast studio <clears throat> dining room table is full of 26 <laughs> tins from the dollar store. I really have nowhere else to put them. I really don't know what else to do with them until I get cookies in them later today which we are starting soon enough and then um um there's there's probably going to be a few listeners who we are um going to see and and drop off cookies if you want cookies oh we can bribe people oh my goodness i'm excited uh, uh, uh write in a letter if you want a batch write of cookies a, write in a letter hand i want it penned in an ink or it could be via you know the, the usual things that i say in the beginning and at the end of the podcast those contact methods as well too Oh my goodness! I gotta make more cookies then. <laughs> I doubt it, though. I doubt it. We've I've been pandering for 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 feedback for the past three or four podcasts. I've got nada. Well, I think also too, if people are listening to the podcast, there's some place where they can't easily provide feedback. That's true. So mm. people do listen, though. We we do know that. Well, and we love every single one. Oh, you're getting attacked! You're getting attacked! Who is that? They threw a rock at you, though. Oh, it I, thought it was, I thought it was a bomb. Oh, oh. here's he's going to freeze you. He's going to... Ah, you're frozen. And you're underwater. Look at that. Double whammy. Oh, oh this really, is great. <laughs> Jess is half in the water. <gasps> and she's trying to climb out. And there's uh, icy uh, bats. There's ice bats flying around her, freezing her and trapping... Oh, all right. She's out. She's <laughs> I was fr- trapped in the water. So, uh, uh, video game tip tip. You have to be careful when there's keys around. Keys, which are the bats in uh, in Zelda, because some of them are elemental. Some of them will have fire. Some of them will have lightning. In this case, they have ice. Uh, one of the best ways to take them out is from a distance. If you're good with the bow and arrow, especially if they're in packs, use a shock arrow, and it will uh, not only hit. If if you hit one, it will not only uh, kill that one, but since they travel in packs, it should take them out with the, like an area of effect thing should i have been listening is was that a valid strategy i was not listening well you're not very good with the bow and arrow so <laughs> not, this, i'm not very good with a lot of things this doesn't this doesn't count towards you oh so <clears throat> nice you're pretty good with the bombs though yeah maybe throwing bombs at them and, and blowing up maybe you can take out a bunch mm, of them but maybe. then again they are flying so it's a uh it, it, it's a little tougher to do. Bum, 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 I was. Bum. I will say this though that uh, as far as Nintendo goes and, and the Switch, it was this game. Um, they've recently released the Mario uh, Odyssey game. Those are like the super franchise players. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. Smash as well Brothers, too. which I think is Smash coming. Smash Brothers will will eventually come out, but especially Zelda. I believe Zelda was a, was a launch title. 
Mm-hmm. It was. And, and I think Mario Kart was as well. Yes. And and especially with Zelda, just they hit it out of the park yet again with this game. Now, would you say all Zeldas were this good or were there some duds in there? Uh, different. Different. Mm-hmm. Different feel. Um, this one is by far, in, in my opinion, the, the biggest feeling one, mm. especially due to that climbing uh, biggest component. as in environment wise like the world yeah just just like the feel of the world mm-hmm. it just feels like it's endless and mm-hmm. it just keeps going and going um and it also depends on like you know when you when you played it um i started playing for since the very first zelda on mm-hmm. on, on regular 8-bit nintendo so i was able to transition from that to you know the super nintendo version which was still you know the the overhead 2d Oh, nice. You're, you were in close enough where he wouldn't take your head off. <laughs> um, where it was uh, overhead 2D, but like an expansive world. Um, uh, Link to the Past still remains one of my fav- favorites as well, too. Mm. But then you jump from that to N64 with Ocarina of Time, and it was Zelda 3D. Wow. Which was, you can imagine that jump. It's, it's I don't know how, com- how to compare it to... Um, I, I, I guess the, the... I'm trying to think of a jiu-jitsu analogy of like what what that feeling is like imagine if you can skip from a white belt immediately to purple belt without everything in between i don't know <laughs> like that type of feeling like oh shit this is mm. it's it's this crazy i mean i couldn't world. imagine when it came out that how that that transition from 2d to 3d i mean people just must have been it, and not only that so but excited it, they were they were excited and not only that but they the the way they designed the game the, the way they designed the temples and dungeons uh in in ocarina of time they to specifically fit for that 3d model mm. people still are and i'm still frustrated with the water temple one of the hardest levels there was as far as uh uh um, puzzles of just because you could swim right so you can go up and down, side sideways. So you had that aspect. And the water temple, there were switches in there. So you could do low, middle, high water. Mm. So there were certain parts of the dungeon that you couldn't get to unless you hit the switches. And You know what I mean? You had to figure right. out like when to when to switch it to middle, when to switch it to low, when to switch it to, to no water. You know? Wow. So, um, yeah, very big jump. And Zelda has always remained solid in that sense. It, it's it's always been since it's like the the one of the triple A games for Nintendo, one of their headliners. They always make sure that it's like the best. I've never really run into a quote buggy Zelda or or one that felt like incomplete. You know, mm-hmm. has there been bad Zeldas? Like just it was just not an interesting story. The one <laughs> there was, it wasn't from nintendo but nintendo gave this other like third party vendor like the rights to like try uh, a zelda game there was a cartoon back in the in the 90s um called uh the super mario brothers super show i don't know if you ever saw that Mm -mm. that was with captain lou albano and 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 someone else Mm -mm. but they had a mario cartoon and every friday they would have a zelda cartoon oh wow and uh it was very cheesy but it was awesome at the same time too because it was the first time you had a Zelda like as a TV uh, yeah as, as a cartoon and it was always uh, I remember the uh, Link was always trying to get a kiss from Zelda and it was it was that 90s thing of like 
where, where like Zelda would always like brush him off, and he'd be like, "Well, excuse me, princess," oh, like like that, like that really like cheesy the skater kid, yeah. yes, like yes. little snotty. Uh huh. Mm. Yep. Um, in any case, the reason why I bring that up is that on the, I think it was like a laser disc, the Sony, the Philips laser disc. Thing, I, I forgot what it was, but they developed a Zelda game on the Laserdisc system based off of the cartoon and it was atrocious. Mm-hmm. You can actually look it up on YouTube and it was it, so because it, bo- it, it bombed because magnificently. It, it bombed magnificently and it's hilariously bad mm. as well too. Oh so, geez. It, had, it, it felt nothing like Zelda. The only thing it had was some of the characters. Oh, well that's unfortunate, but I imagine it seems like they never made that mistake again. No. Yeah. They, after that point, they just, they just stuck with, uh, <laughs> if, if we're going to make Nintendo games, we're developing them within Nintendo, yeah. especially the, uh, the headliner that is Zelda. Mm, yep. So I am just exploring still, trying to find... Uh, You're trying to find more shrines? I or? am, but I'm, I'm not being successful. You have double the amount of shrines that I have, and I still can't find anything. It's also, you kind of get used to, like, the, the Zelda mentality of things. Remember when I was playing and, and, and like, I would, I would reach, like, a point that just looked weird. I'd be mm-hmm. like, there has to be something here. Yeah. You know? You kind of, like, start to see, like, okay, this, this is a spot where something can um, be hiding mm. secrets. Mm-hmm. So, once again, a push towards the wonderful uh, exploratory aspect of this game. There's also what I recently got too was the the game came with a, a DLC, downloadable content. Uh-huh. And so it came with two things that I highly recommend for people. It's the Master Sword Trials as well as the Champions Ballad. Um worth the money? Oh yeah. I would I would say just for the cuz uh, especially if you're you're uh if if you're deep into Zelda and you're a completionist, at least I am. Um, to power up the the master sword through those trials, which were frustrating, and you got to see firsthand. Yes. Oh my God. How many hours did you? An hour you spent. It, it was an hour. Got... It was an hour doing one of the trials, and I actually reached the last level of that trial, and I actually had the last boss down to the last like five percent of uh, its energy. It was a guardian, and I just fucked up and I died after an hour of steady progress and. Um, the Master Sword Trials, basically, if you die, you have to start all over from the beginning. So, uh, there were 15 levels to it. I made it to, no, 16 levels. I made it to the 16th level, and <sighs> then, and then I, I died on the last one. That's brutal. But, uh, that's, uh, I'll, I'll eventually hit that trial again <laughs> when, I, when I'm in a better mood. Yeah, you were, you were kind of sour about that, that's for sure. Uh-huh. In any case, I think we should do a semi-plug for the next guest. I wonder who the next guest is going to, I, the next featured guest is I going to be. I hear she's just, she's just phenomenal. Phenomenal? Is that phenomenal. what you heard about her? I did. I heard that uh, um, we've already heard her a bunch of times, and we just didn't know it. Oh, well, then who wants to listen to her again? I don't know. I think I got to listen to her all the time. <laughs> oh, boy. Even after this podcast, when, when this podcast is over, I got to listen to her. Wait, do you mean that I actually get one-on-one, like, not video game, not wrestling yep. treatment? Yes. You get to do without the, the experimental uh, mid- midweek podcast, which we try to always do something uh, uh, a little outside the vein where, as you hear here, with uh, war games, playing a, a video game, or 
Warren's announced table where we're either watching wrestling or we're we're probably going to start incorporating like other events, maybe other movies that we enjoyed, maybe a, a movie that you enjoy that I like to rag on. Mm. We, could, we could do that as well too. But in any case, as far as the featured guest, uh, since we have uh, uh, Christmas coming up, yes. Uh, you are the self-proclaimed queen of Christmas. Self-proclaimed or not. <laughs> and uh, so we will be having Jess on <gasps> as the featured guest. Oh, my goodness. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. <laughs> and you can talk about all the things that uh, you are an expert in, just like you did prior with the, the what was that, the Daily Burn? The Daily that, Burn. That Facebook Live thing. What happened? Uh, my buddy Bernie Peugeot has, uh, he does sort of <coughs> leadership entrepreneur, um, business type, um, guy, super great. Check him out. Had me on to talk about digital marketing, Facebook ads, SEO on Facebook live this afternoon. So it was a good time. Uh, so much to cover there. We never, you know, we only had 45 minutes. Is that what you want to talk about for, let's say two hours? On- no, no. I mean, <laughs> that I was can. so quick. That but was so no, quick. No, we can't. We'll talk about how maybe I. Is even, it basically talking about work at that point? It is. But uh, maybe we could just talk about how I got to that point to talk about things like that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you could talk, especially since we're going to ra- wrap up the podcast, you can talk a little bit about since this is a, a, a War Games episode. Uh, no, but it's a. Are we. Are we are we calling? It's not. Wait, never mind. This is war games. Oh yes, I it's, it's Warren's it's, announce table or war games uh, until we figure out like yet another thing to try. Yep. Um, but for this uh, war games, did you ever go over how you got your first Super Nintendo? I did. Oh, you did. I did. Grandma oh. gave it to me. Oh. One of twenty-five grandchildren, mm-hmm. super poor. Uh, my grandmother, you know, we, none of us were wealthy, so every year she would rotate a grandkid to give a gift to, and she gave me Super Nintendo. And the first game was, was it Zelda or was it Mario? It, or was, was, a, both? it was Super Mario Brothers. Mm-hmm. Super Mario World. That's what I remember. That's what it's called. Is that what it's on called? The, on, on the Super Nintendo and then, Super uh, Mario World. And uh, then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time. Oh, that was a good game. Best game ever. Those, those uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, I remember they were in the arcades as first too. Yeah. Where, where you, you, you played multiplayer mm-hmm. up to four, mm-hmm. pumping in quarters, trying to beat Shredder. Yeah, or, or, I remember. Or I, I beat him with the Game Genie. I don't think I ever did it without the Game Genie, though. Do you remember the Game Genie? I do. You have to blow in it. Why we have to blow you, in every cartridge. Why don't you g- give a quick synopsis of what the Game Genie was for people who have no idea what you're I talking mean, about? I mean, the Game Genie was a cartridge. You would put your gaming cartridge in to put it in the system, and basically it would open up a screen where you would put in... I don't know, like a 12 or 16 digit code that you had in a book to get like extra cheat codes. Cheat codes. That was the way you had to do it. You had to manually enter it every time. And then uh-huh. Super Nintendo, one of the difficulties with the cartridges was that you had to blow out the dust from where the cartridge went into the system. <laughs> so if you didn't do that right, it would freeze and you could have already entered three or four codes and mm. which it probably had already taken you about 15 or 20 minutes. And then you would have to do them again. So that was what the Game Genie was. It was like, the 1990s way of cheat codes, cheat codes. and uh, I never want to go back. <laughs> Don't bring it back. I think... Um, kind of like the Amiibos of the 90s. Oh, now you're going to have to explain Amiibos real quick, because this was actually fun that you did last night, where I was where I was like, how do these things work? So the and Ami- we got these from our brother-in-law, Joe. Thank you. Yes. So Amiibos are 
and I don't know the history of them, but I think they were be able to use on Nintendo systems. I think maybe starting with the Wii, where they're little characters, like little physical physical dolls. things that you can buy for like I don't know eight bucks a piece, and mm-hmm. you would like tap them to your system, and you would get extra stuff. Somehow you could scan them in, just like a grocery shopper would scan things. So our brother-in-law did the obvious nerd thing and went and found them programmed into little cards in china so that we didn't have to actually buy the figurines and you could buy 20 of them for i don't know 20 bucks uh-huh. and so i was using them on zelda you kind of hold it over the cart the thing and then and fish are, fall from the sky <laughs> oh, that, that that flop on the ground it really it, it, oh, it's, it's kind of the animation's hysterical but it is a little bit of a cheat code thing but i don't really care on that note there was one more thing i wanted to plug since we're such Nintendo shills. Oh, they're doing that Super Nintendo re-release thing. Remember? <clears throat> oh, you where you can that? buy that $80 little thing that has... That little $80 thing. And I remember going, oh, like, why would anyone do that? And I think it was... I think it was Mario uh, who told me, he goes, hey, I get to play all these Nintendo games and I never have to blow in a cartridge again. Sign me up. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good so, point. If so you're, if you're missing all the Nintendo uh, Super Nintendo classics and you're thinking of a gift idea... Um, uh, I, I don't know if they can find. I mean, this Christmas is a maybe, Monday. You, maybe, never know. you never know. You can get that. Um, um, or since uh, we do uh, Warren's announce table and we're and we're WWE shills, you can get them the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. Is it still nine ninety nine? When's it going to cost her inflation? It'd be like ten ninety nine. Doesn't know. have as good of a ring to it. Yep, nine ninety nine. But in any case, uh, thank you, Jess, for. Uh, walking us through a bit of your <laughs> strategies or lack thereof yeah. in in Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and we look forward to hearing from you on the future podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. you. Bye. And War Games number three is done. Thanks to Jess for putting up with talking with me while at the same time attempting to play Zelda. And we hope everyone enjoyed that. You can get in touch with us at Dear Warren Podcast over on Gmail, Instagram, and Facebook. And thank you for listening to all the support. We'll see you next time on the featured podcast this weekend where Jessica is the featured guest. Thank you. We love you all. And see you then. Mm-hmm.